ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that covers everything in the world of professional wrestling. Now, making their way to the mics, your hosts, Kevin and Chris Newell. All right, folks. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We are the father-son tag team of Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you have just stepped into the ring of the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast show, where we go over everything that has happened in the week of professional wrestling, giving you weekly updates of all the shows that we can possibly do, with some reason, of course. Uh, This is a special episode because we're going over WWE's Payback and also going over... Uh, briefly, due to technical difficulties, I will uh, kind of give you proper heads up. Um, had some issues getting the. We were wa- we were in the middle. Out. Of, I mean, yeah, we were in the middle of watching all out, and then we had some technical issues happen, and we were unable to watch the rest of the pay per views. But we did go back and start doing our research, and we got the results. We just can't give you the in-depth results as we normally do with pay-per-views. So we'll go ahead and we'll get started here uh, with, um, we'll go over All Out real quick. Uh, It started out with Zero Hour, and uh, they started off with the over-budget Battle Royal, where the winner will get a certain amount of money and have it donated to their charity of choice. Match was 13 minutes and 18 seconds with Adam Page winning the Battle Royal by eliminating Brian Cage. Next up on the Zero Hour, we had Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, and Hikaru Shida teaming up to go against Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, and Athena. Now, obviously, right off the bat, from what we were seeing and understanding uh martinez demonte and athena were not getting along very well uh match lasted eight minutes and 28 seconds with nightingales sky blue and uh, hikaru shida picking up the win next was the aew trios titles being defended by the acclaimed in billy gunn uh, defending it against uh, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and uh, their big, tall, giant Singh. Sai, Singh, Susu, CC, I don't know. Match lasted about 5 minutes and 57 seconds uh, with uh, the acclaimed re, uh, retaining. Uh, next, we had uh, the beginning of the pay-per-view all out with MJF and Adam Cole defending their Ring of Honor tag titles against the Dark Order. Match lasted 14 minutes and 5 seconds. MJF and Adam Cole retained their tag titles. I know I'm going through these real quick, Chris, but um, any of them you thought would have been, went the other way as far as the, the last two I read? What do you mean, went the other way? <clears throat> uh, I mean, your picks for them. Uh, I'd say so far the MJF Adam Cole one that was really good. I like that one. No, I mean as far as your picks, did you really think they were? Did you pick them to win the, their match or? Oh, that. Um, 
MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, you said uh, the acclaim, right? I yeah. thought I thought both of them were going to retain. As did I. Uh, then we move on to another title match, the Ring of Honor television title being defended by Samoa Joe going up against Shane Taylor. Uh, from what we saw from clips on uh, TikTok, um, Samoa Joe just tried to push MJF off the rampway when he's trying to make his way to the ring, and MJF kind of took that real personally because if you are a true fan of wrestling when... Samoa Joe was the NXT champion at one point. He was getting escorted to the ring by security, and one of the security guys happened to be MJF. So MJF, you know, not taking any more crap from Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe retaining his title against Shane Taylor. Uh, match lasted 6 minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, then we had the TNT title being defended by Luchasaurus and Christian, apparently. <laughs> uh, going up against Darby Allen, Luchasaurus wins in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Next up, we had Miro going up against Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro picking up the win in that match. What was that The thing Big E was saying? <clears throat> oh, big meaty men slapping meat. Uh, I thought it was big meaty men bumping meat. Bumping meat, slapping meat. Either way, something's going on with meat and big meaty men. Uh, match lasted 15 minutes and 40 seconds. Miro picking up the win. And from what everyone has been going crazy about, Miro's wife, CJ uh, Lane, or CJ Perry, I'm sorry, CJ Perry, uh, she was otherwise known as Lana in WWE, but her name is CJ Perry. She comes out to the ring Picks up a chair and tries to hit Powerhouse Hobbs with it. Yeah, that didn't go so well. <laughs> nope. Uh, next, we had the TBS title being defended by Chris Statlander up against Ruby Soho with Soraya at ringside. Match lasted 12 minutes and 25 seconds with Chris Statlander retaining her title. Next was the no disqualification strap match between Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks. Personally, I think Ricky Starks got tricked into this match. But that's my own opinion. I think it was more like phrasing on his part that he should have been more clear about. I honestly think Ricky Starks was gypped on that and was tricked. Uh, <clears throat> match lasted 16 minutes, 40 seconds with Brian Danielson picking up the win. Next up, we had a tag match between Claudio and... Uh, and Wheeler teaming up against Eddie Kingston and Yasuori Shibata. Match lasted 15 minutes and 55 seconds with the Blackpool Combat Club picking up the win. Next, we had uh, Konosuke Takashida with Don Callis at ringside taking on Kenny Omega. Takashida picks up the win in 22 minutes and 30 seconds. Next, we had a eight-man tag match between Bullet Club Gold and uh, up against FTR and the Young Bucks. Match was 21 minutes, 35 seconds, with Bullet Club Gold picking up the win. And then lastly, for the main event, from what and uh, it was John Moxley taking on Orange Cassidy for the international, international title. Uh, John Moxley picking up the win here and becoming the new international champion 
Um, Not what I was expecting. Match lasted 19 minutes, 50 seconds. From what we saw in the clips, MJF was a bloody mess, but he was... Not MJF, but uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, sorry. I'm still fixated on MJF just going off and attacking Samoa Joe, and it was like... (laughs) Somebody became a boy. Somebody became a man today. He really was just tired of getting pushed around. He really was, literally. Uh, but no, this main event match, this one was just by looking at the how the match ended. Because we couldn't, we didn't see the whole entire match like we wanted. But we did see the outcome of it. MJF defiant at the end, right before he got the paradigm shift again. Gives John Moxley, he thinks he's going to put his hands in his pockets. But then just immediately gives John Moxley the double, fa- the double bird. And then boom, paradigm shift. And Moxley picks up the win. But... It seemed like anything at this point, up until Moxley picked up the win, he was trying pinfall after pinfall, and uh, Orange Cassidy kept kicking out. At one point, Orange Cassidy just lazily moved his shoulder <laughs> and kicked out. So I think that was his last kick out. That was his last, yeah, his last one. And um, I got to give. And he it was to, dripping blood too. Just... Yeah, I, I got to give it to Orange Cassidy. He really. He really held out there and put put it all out there in a way. He went all words. out. Yeah. But congratulations to John Moxley. Congratulations to all the winners. Uh, you definitely have earned it. And uh, definitely a very happy um, Young Bucks um, didn't win in Chicago. That's my opinion. You don't like it. Tough. All right, now we'll go a little bit more in depth. The meat of the show. <laughs> Gather around, kitties. And the chant that reminds me of the chant that was going during that Miro fight. Yeah, they were saying, uh, "What slap that meat or something like that?" But it was funny because it was like it's a reference to Biggie. Yeah, it was well, like they from, they were referencing it too. Yeah, well, also from what was going on and during that. You got to remember, they're in Chicago and what has happened previously. If you hadn't listened to my rant in the last episode, please watch, uh, listen to the other episode that we did. I'm still a little peeved on it. My son has tried the best he can to calm me down from it. <sighs> but still, still a little peeved about it. But yeah, uh, Young Bucks make their entrance into the arena Half half of the crowd was chanting CM Punk while the other half was cheering the Young Bucks. There were a lot of signs, a mixture of signs that were saying F CM Punk. Some were uh, cheering for CM Punk. Some were saying CM Junk. You know, I mean. I think we saw signs like that at uh, Collision. Yeah, there were signs like that at Collision too. But then there was another video that was put out. Uh, where people who were wearing CM Punk, there were basically AEW when it came to CM Punk pulled the WWE. When AE, when AEW started out and people were wearing their merch to WWE shows, WWE would ask them to either turn their in, shirt inside out, remove the poster that is ref, or you know the sign that is referring to a rival company, or you may leave. Literally 1984. Yeah. <laughs> What? 1984. <laughs> what does that mean? 
uh, something about censorship, if I remember. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, from what we were seeing in some videos, now, granted, this is not 100%. Uh, sure or not it's allegedly it's alleged we'll just put allegedly in front of everything (laughs) someone put out a video that people at the arena at all out this evening um or in this case you're listening to this show on monday so last night uh people that were wearing cm punk merch or had cm punk signs were asked to uh throw away the signs and turn your shirt inside out or you will be asked to leave so they're really deeply serious about this. And then there was also after the show, as always, they have a press junket. And at one point, uh, Nick Big Eye Con uh, was asked about Jack Perry. And he said he just simply said, you know, he everyone that was involved was suspended. And uh, we haven't seen uh, Jack Perry since all in. He hasn't been in an AEW uh, associated building since then. And uh, so basically he's saying Jack Perry's following the rules. I fired CM Punk. And um, yeah, I'm still a little peeved about that. But that's neither here nor there. That was last episode. Trying to move on from this. Trying to move on to greener pastures but the way that things have been going this weekend i'm kind of leaning towards darker pastures but that's just me such like the world all right so now we'll go on to wwe's payback which we were able to see without any technical difficulties tony and it it was a good pay-per-view I mean, both were good, but this one we didn't have any technical difficulties with. Yeah, but then, I mean, if we were able to watch All Out, especially from what we saw from some clips of uh, All Out, because I had to go to TikTok to get some of these clips of All Out just to get an understanding of what happened. If we were to see the rest of the whole pay-per-view, you know, we would have something good to compare it to. But from what we were able to see, as far as the clips... Aid uh, All Out had some pretty good matches, and so did WWE's Payback. Now, so with that being said, trying to see how you got this in order. Chris had made the notes here while we were watching because I had to catch up eating my dinner. Good dinner, by the way. Not that any of you care out there, but you know. Just thought I might put that out there. Uh, so Payback starts, kicks things off immediately, thinking this would have went deeper into the card, but, you know, I don't own the company, and honestly, I thought it was okay to kick off it this way. Becky Lynch against Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. Um, this match went on for 20 minutes and 5 seconds. This was a long, hard-fought match. As far as... Uh, women wrestlers in a steel cage this one is right up there like i would say top of my list compared to also you know you had your charlotte and um sasha banks hell in a cell match it's right up there with it um becky lynch takes away the win she takes off with the win um 
Becky Lynch had eight pin attempts, whereas Trish had five pin attempts and five submission attempts. Um, I'm sorry, escapes. Five uh, escaped attempts. Becky only had three escaped attempts. One disarm her submission attempt by Becky. No submission attempts by Trish. Um, all in all, really good match. I mean, uh, the... I don't know how you want to call it the super duper superplex that Becky delivered to Trish. Trish was trying to escape. She got hung up and hung upside down outside of the cage and then got brought back in the hard way as Gorilla Monsoon would call it. The late great Gorilla Monsoon. Um, su Becky suplexed her uh, from the top rope, but it was almost as if Trish would be like falling from the top of the cage back down onto the ring. And, um, that one was pretty epic. Uh, several, several, several. I think, I think we picked that as one of the potential match of the nights. And even the commentators were saying something about it. Yeah. Like, the right same, after we the, did. That, that's going to be match of the year. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I never knew. I thought, I never thought I'd see the day where I would share the same sentiments as the commentary team. It was just kind of weird that we both were thinking the same thing, saying the same thing, at least. Exactly. Well, at the end of the night, or end of the match, uh, well, during the match, Zoe Stark comes out at the aid of uh, Trish Stratus, um, but fails, fails with the help because uh, Becky delivers a... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the move, but it was a slam move from the uh, another slam move from the top rope, and uh, she gets the win by pinfall. But as Trish has left, as sorry, as Becky has left the cage, um, there was some kind of like falling out argument type big thing. Big falling out and altercation between Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus. Altercation <laughs> that uh, left Trish Stratus laying in the ring, basically. Uh, so Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus are no more. All right. Uh, moving right along, Chris, you go ahead and you deliver the second match of the night. Let's see. L.A. Knight against, yeah. <laughs> against The Miz. Awesome. Uh, who did you think was going to win this one? Me, I was, since both of these are my guys, if I had a faction, these two guys would be in it. Uh, I was torn. It would have went either way, I think, for me. Yeah. I... And, I mean, wasn't John Cena a special guest referee? Yeah, he was. Since he was the host, he put himself in that. Don't know why he wanted to do that and not put himself in the middle of the main event. But, hey, to each their own. Um, I, I didn't really think too much about who I was concerned with winning. Because, again, I like both guys, too. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you had LA Knight with three pin attempts, no submissions, and you had the exact same thing for The Miz. So, both had only three pin attempts, no submissions. Uh, LA Knight won by pinfall after 15 minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, any other thoughts on the match? Uh, the post match, uh, LA Knight goes up the uh, rampway, and Shay and John Cena showing him a sign of respect by wanting to shake his hand. Um, and then right as soon as John Cena walks away, he's saying, "This is your moment," and then walks off. 
I remember you saying something about that seemed almost like an endorsement from John Cena. And it would seem as if John Cena was kind of passing the torch along. But traditionally in wrestling, if you're passing the torch, it, it's you would have like a, a match. match with you would have a match with your predecessor. I'll, I'll give you a brief history on that. Andre the Giant, who had a very storied career in the seventy, uh, the mid and late seventies into the eighties, uh, was basically like the Hulk Hogan of professional wrestling. He was, he, you know, despite literally, he was huge, <laughs> but uh, fan base wise, he was huge. He was as big as Ric Flair, big as Dusty Rhodes, but you know, and WrestleMania three comes along and he loses to Hulk Hogan. That was. Andre the Giant passing the torch on to Hulk Hogan. Then Hulk Hogan didn't properly pass the torch on. He just had a few disputes. There was, well, I mean, he did kind of pass the torch to Ultimate Warrior, but Ultimate Warrior dropped the torch. Torch went out. Hulk Hogan had to pick it back up again. And... Who got the torch after that? Well, he didn't pass, he didn't hand it off properly. He just left the company to WCW. That's when Bret Hart saw that there was a torch that was unlit and fell on the floor because someone lazily just decided to drop it and said, you know, screw it and walk away. Picks up the torch, relights it, and there's the birth of the new generation where you've had Shawn Michaels on top, 123Kid, Diesel, Razor Ramon, and the list goes on and on. Then... You would think that there was a passing of a torch at WrestleMania 12 where Bret Hart took on Shawn Michaels and uh, they had their one hour Iron Man match. Still one of one of the best matches, I think, as far as wrestling history goes. And I've got a long, long list. If you've listened to previous episodes, we did go over that. Um, well, it was only like a few matches yeah. from that list. Well, in a sense... Patch, pass the torch on to uh, Shawn Michaels in a sense, but then issues abound with Shawn Michaels, and he had to. He ended up kind of walking away for a little while, but Stone Cold Steve Austin picks it up, and then comes WrestleMania 19, and you know Stone Cold retires. Uh, previous to that. Hulk Hogan had a match with uh, The Rock at WrestleMania 18. And uh, that was basically Hulk Hogan passing the torch on to The Rock. And then you don't see anything really like that, the passing of the torch, until John Cena versus The Rock. And The Rock passes the torch to John Cena. This is at WrestleMania 20. Nine, I believe it was when they were back in New York City and um, John Cena beats him for the WWE title The Rock passes the torch on to John Cena so again if they're passing the torch traditionally in WWE or in professional wrestling for that matter if you're a, a veteran wrestler and you're on your say you're kind of you're going to go part-time or you're stepping down from the company or you're retiring or what have you, you need to symbolically in front of a large audience, pass the torch 
And you do that in a wrestling match. So the way this match went and the post-match, it's leading people probably, leading me to think there could possibly be, because John Cena is going to be sticking around SmackDown for a while. That and, could be when they do it. They could until set up October. Like a, they could set up a storyline and everything. Mm-hmm. Perhaps even like a rivalry if they want to. Yeah. Where it leads up to that. Yeah. Well, John Cena was showing his respect because, you know, he said prior to this match, this was a match he was keeping an eye on because L.A. Knight has caught his eye. So more than likely, we could be seeing a John Cena versus L.A. Knight match. And John Cena has found someone to pass the torch on, to pass the baton, as it were, to carry on. And if he gets that ringing endorsement from John Cena, we could see be seeing L.A. Knight getting a singles title. And a lot of people are wondering, well, how come? How come he doesn't have one yet? Well, he hasn't had the proper endorsement until now. So, all right. Moving right along with, after that, brief history lesson. We had... The Judgment Day going up against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a Steel City street fight, meaning no disqualification, anything goes, falls count anywhere. It's a street fight. Match lasted 20 minutes and 44 seconds. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. It was right up because we were after we got done watching the uh, Becky Lynch Trish Stratus match. We, uh, I, I was sitting here like, oh my gosh. That's how, I mean, how can you top what you just kicked off with, you know? And sure enough, they did triple H or whoever was in charge of this or heck the guys involved in this match were like, hold my beer. (laughs) I'll show you. And they did. They went all over the arena. Kevin Owens was busted open pretty bad to where he was looking like he may need some stitches uh dominic comes out to try to save the team this is this is let me let me give you the results first and then we'll get the our thoughts on the match um like i said match lasted 20 minutes and 44 seconds with damian priest and finn balor becoming the new undisputed wwe tag team champions uh with finn balor picking up the win by pinning Sami Zayn. now this match was basically what it was an all-out fight. Damian, Damian Priest had one pin attempt. So did Finn Balor. Kevin Owens, not. Sami Zayn only had three. There were no submission attempts. And, of course, with it being a street fight, there are no tags. So, what were you about to say, Chris? I saw you had your hand up. Neither here. one of us were expecting... I don't think either of us were expecting Judgment Day to come away with the win here. No, I was thinking they were probably going to save it for like Survivor Series or something like that. But, hey, I'm all for surprises. And I'll be honest, this one was a good one. And I am I'm I think I've become a fan of the Judgment Day now. Yeah. Uh, and then even after that, me, you were telling me something about how they're purple and then red and blue make purple. And yes. And then something about unifying the titles. and it- Making it one belt. And, of course, you know, if anyone who has taken basic elementary art class red mixed with blue makes purple so the belts are red and blue and if they are to be the undisputed unified tag team champions meaning they can go on both raw and smackdown make it one belt and just make the thing purple 
because the red represents Raw, the blue represents SmackDown, and they can go on both brands. So why not make that happen? If they don't decide to do what they did with the women's belt, and that was make it across all three brands. Which, honestly, I think they're going to end up doing. Uh, I mean, you got... And, the, and, and what had sold me on becoming a Judgment Day fan now, because at first it was like, okay, this is a faction, and now they're showing dissension. They're not going to last very long. They're going to go their separate ways, blah, blah, blah. But what brought me to be a fan now of the Judgment Day... They showed unity. To, uh, if again, if you're listening to it on Monday, they showed unity last or two nights ago on Saturday. You had Dominic coming out first to try to help them. Then you had JD McDonough, who's not an official member, but he probably will be after after this event. They'll probably make him an official member, and then Rhea comes out to help them. They all made it a team effort because they, like Priest said in the post-match interview, they're a family. They had to, he had to go, you know, Dominic Toretto on this. <laughs> family. It's about family, but they all came together just to help get the tag titles. And now they could go across all the brands. Now they can go to Raw and SmackDown. They just need to get somehow get titles to where they can go on to NXT as well. The only one they have is Dominic's North American title. So Dominic, so in a way they can go to all three brands as far as I'm concerned. But what I'm concerned about is how they're Finn was saying they have all the gold. You really don't. Maybe kind of sort of, if you want this to work out, Finn, this is what you need to do. And all of Judgment Day. Get J.D. McDonough to be your guy. Give him the tag, one of the tag belts and have Finn and, J- and J.D. McDonough be the tag champs. Damien, he can cash in that champion, that Money in the Bank c- contract, cash it in on the World Heavyweight Championship he becomes world heavyweight champion. Therefore, that way you have someone that is running the main card on Raw. You have a women's main card on Raw. You have someone running things in a way. I mean, you get Dominic to be NXT champion, uh, and now you have tag champions that can go on both shows. But you still go to the shows as a cons- as a cohesive unit. All members will go to the shows. Like, if Dominic has a match, everybody's going. If uh, they have a match on Raw, everyone's going to be going. If they have a match on uh, SmackDown, everyone's going. You know, show unity. So, I say I'm happy for him, and I'm now a fan of the Judgment Day. Uh, let's see, Chris, you go ahead and you give us the third match of the night. Rey Mysterio against Austin Theory for the U- United States title. Yes. Uh, was the, that was the third match where you had Rey Mysterio attempting four pins and no submissions and Austin Theory attempting three pins and only one submission. Uh, there was even, uh... 
We'll probably talk about the whole thing with the mask after the... Oh, yes, yes, the, definitely. Yeah. Um, you had... That, that match lasted 9 minutes and 50 seconds, and you had Ray retaining the United States title by pinfall. Uh, but back to the, the mask thing. Uh, you had Austin Theory attempting to unmask Grand Mysterio. As many have in the past. Yeah, just seems to be a target for Luchadors. It is. That's the, that's the drawback, because if any of you know of Luchador tradition, if you lose your mask, you cannot wear another mask again. You are permanently unmasked. Uh, granted, I know a bunch of you diehard fans are going to say, well, Rey Mysterio was unmasked in WCW, but yet he got the mask and wore it in WWE. I don't know how he got a reprieval of it. How did he get unmasked? He lost to a uh, match to Kevin Nash. And if he lost to Kevin Nash, this was during at WCW. If uh, he lost, then he would lose his mask. It was a whole thing with uh, Eric Bischoff and NWO. They were raging war on the cruiserweights and the luchadors. And they were wanting like luchadors to be unmasked or something. I guess that's how the storyline went. And a lot of Lucha Libre fans were like, this is kind of an insult to our culture. If, and even if it is like, you know, behind the scenes, if it is, if it is just a work, it's still kind of insulting to us because luchadors take pride in their masks and everything. Cause it's an honor tradition. It's almost like, a, if you remember the movie, some of you probably won't know the younger generation, uh, the movie called The Phantom, based off of an old comic book series back in the 1920s, 1930s. Um, the Phantom was basically a guy that lived out in the jungle, wore a purple suit and a mask. Now, the way that the whole entire storyline went is this guy's great, great, great grandfather, you know, many, many centuries ago, would wage war on pirates and dressed as you know dressed as the phantom and his successor would be his son so his son would wear the same outfit and and he would look almost like his basically almost ideally like his dad because of family resemblance and that would make people think that the phantom is immortal and that's that's what kind of lucha libre was that if a luchador had a, a male son could pass the tradition on to the son well of course it didn't work out in ray's case because you know dominic went the other direction but um it did help out with ray because ray got his name from his uncle because his his uncle's name is ray mysterio and when he wrestled in wcw he became ray mysterio jr and he had to earn his uncle's mask. So when his uncle retired from professional wrestling, one night just said, he is now Ray Mysterio Jr. He has earned the name. He has earned the mask. And he gave, you know, Ray Mysterio, the one we know now, the design of the mask that we know today, which is, you know, the cross on the forehead and the, the, the eagle wings or the hawk wings on the side. That is the original design of the mask, and Ray has kept that as a tradition and as in honor to his uncle. So again, the whole trying to rip off a luchador mask is very insulting. 
but very good as far as storyline goes. All right. So for the fifth, fifth, fourth, we on four? We we just finished talking about the Rey Mysterio. One. Okay. So yeah, you were. Okay. Yeah. So we're on match four. Ooh, I should have read match three, which was the Rey Mysterio match. Okay. We kind of went out of order a little bit, but we'll get back on here. Uh, next match, we had Rhea Ripley taking on Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's World Championship. Um, this match lasted 17 minutes and 22 seconds with Rhea Ripley successfully retaining her title in a long, hard-fought match. Now, this was... Um, she had three pen att- Rhea Ripley had three pin attempts and two submission attempts where Raquel Rodriguez only had two pin attempts. Now, as far as this match went, something that went haywire with, I guess, one of Rhea Ripley's nose piercings, and she started bleeding from the nose. But that didn't stop her. Now, as far as watching Rhea Ripley's matches, up to this point, from the time that... Okay, so she had a hard-fought match with Charlotte at WrestleMania to win the title. Yeah. That was, like, right there, a very hard-fought match and a well-earned match that could have been deemed match of the night up to that point she didn't have really that many you know big highlight matches or someone that would give her any sort of competition in a way until just two a couple of nights ago with Raquel Raquel put up a big fight with her with uh, uh with Rhea and she was getting real physical with Rhea as if uh, the same way Rhea has been getting physical with her competition, uh, slamming her into the barrack, picking her up and like swinging her into a barricade. <laughs> mm, um, it was an even ma- uh, match fight thing. It was it was real well even until Dominic came in to kind of offer a distraction. So uh, Dominic once again, you know, trying to keep the whole entire thing alive. And honestly, if uh, there was an MVP of the Judgment Day, as Michael Cole or Corey Graves was saying that night <laughs> Dominic would be the MVP helping out both Rhea Ripley and uh, Damian Priest and uh, Finn Balor winning their matches um, oh that's right we're on to Chris you got the main event how about that cool <clears throat> we have Seth Rollins against Shinsuke Nakamura for the uh, world heavyweight title where you had Seth Rollins retaining after by pinfall after 25 minutes and 50 seconds, 57 seconds, uh, the longest match of the night. Uh, Seth Rollins attempted. Forgot to mark uh, that one with this one with numbers instead of the <laughs> just the tallies. It's okay. So, um, yeah, he's doing a quick <clears throat> counting, folks. Give him a break. You had Seth Rollins with five pin attempts, three submission attempts, or three different holds. Uh, then you had Shinsuke Nakamura with eight pin attempts and five different submission or hold attempts. Where, and, I mean, you have any thoughts on this one? It was a real hard-fought match, especially for Seth Rollins with his back. Because if yeah. everyone knows, he's got a broken back. But it's not Oof. one that, like disables him 24 7 it just happens every now and then it tweaks a little but it really tweaked him during this match as i could see yeah uh and shinsuke definitely going targeting that back um 
there were many, many moves that he did, many submission holds. Uh, well, with the number that he did, and it was just trying, and he was targeting that lower back of Seth's because it was the lower lumbar region where his back is having issues. Um, uh, he he even had issues doing like slams and stuff like that. At one point, he was slammed hard and hard on the uh, commentator table, but he like slid right off. He the table didn't break or anything. Much similar to how earlier in the night, J.D. McDonough got a pop-up powerbomb from kevin owens and jd hit the edge of it with this in the middle of his back he and thinking that it was going to break the table but it didn't um also going back to that match that swanton bomb from kevin owens i forgot to mention that from the from the crowd um anyway back to the main event match here um i mean there there were so many so many, uh, I mean, this was set. You know how Seth is like the playful dancing around and doing. He didn't do much of that. This he, time. he was dead focused. I mean, if I was Seth Rollins, cause I mean, we're practically, uh, Seth Rollins and I are the same age. We're 30, we're both 37. Um, so, uh, a guy comes and talks about talks trash and then talks about, you know, how, and then starts, throwing in stuff about my wife or my kids that's where i kind of turn into a different person and i start you know shinsuke made it a personal shinsuke made it personal by throwing in you know seth rollins wife as everyone knows is becky lynch and their daughter come to think of it finn balor didn't do that no finn finn balor made it personal but not that personal to where it included the wife and daughter because the wife and daughter had nothing to do with what happened between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins many years ago. It was all Seth Rollins. So Shinsuke made it personal because his back, because of Seth Rollins' back, anytime he hugs his wife, it hurts him. Anytime he picks up his daughter or holds his daughter, it hurts him. And it's like, really, you want to, you want to take it that far. You really want to hit him below the belt like that. I mean, more or, power to you, I dude. Guess, yeah, I, I mean, if that's like, if that's the only way you can get him to get into the match, then yeah, sure. I, I mean, guess it's more like hitting him in the back, but still. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. All in all, I mean, it was a real good match. I'm glad Seth retained, and he proved that you know, just because he has a bad back, it ain't gonna stop him any. So, really proud of Seth. Um, overall. Of the whole entire weekend for Labor Day weekend here for these pay-per-views, um, great wrestling throughout. There's, yeah, I mean, you had great matches from both pay-per-views or PLEs. I'm going to still call them pay-per-views. No one's going to tell me any different. Because in, in a way, essentially, you still have to pay to, it, to it, watch it. At least it's like. Well, actually, come to think of it, with with WWE, it's premium. You could just get away with you could get away with either or, mm-hmm. but with AEW, it really is just still pay per views like they've always been. Technically, if you want to look at it technically and strip every little fancy thing away, it is still pay per view with WWE because you have to pay for Peacock. So essentially, yeah. you're paying to view the event. So you're it's still pay-per-view but that's all semantics we're not going to go any further in depth with that because that's my philosophy on it 
But <laughs> that's a different debate entirely. That's a completely different debate. Um, but as a wrestling fan, this was a pretty good weekend. Aside from the four pay-per-views we had that one weekend, that one was very, mm. very stressful and grueling. That's when the staple gun thing happened. Actually, yeah, that was. I was like, oh, my God, on top of all this, the staple gun. But, but we've managed to top that, so. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, you know, a great, a great weekend to be a wrestling fan, and especially on a holiday such as Labor Day. Uh, so if you you can rewatch these matches and everything like that, we, we'd like for you guys to let us know through the email. Hopefully... Yeah, I'm still mm-hmm. irked by that. I'm still irked. We put out that email address all the time. We get no emails, but we get some response, very little responses on TikTok. I made a TikTok. We had put out a TikTok video that was promoting the show and everything. So, yeah, that's that's that was my mood. And then, of course, if you listen to the previous episode uh, about the whole entire thing of... Uh, CM Punk being fired, you can understand my attitude in that TikTok video as well. I was still pretty frustrated. Thankfully, Chris stepped up and kind of took charge a little bit while I tried to let off some steam. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be forever kind of peeved about that. And I probably will be. But, hey, it's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. But, again... I enjoyed the this weekend's pay-per-view. Chris, your thoughts on, on this wrestling weekend? Same thing. Uh, I mean, it, 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 we, lots of gibberish, I guess. <laughs> um, we, we had a bit of a time picking match of the night for both. Uh, not sure how we're going to try and fit that into the match of the year tournament, uh, especially Ooh. with some of the, all the good matches. Many um, great matches. Um, yeah, I, I think that's about... That's pretty that's much covers it. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, um, I, I can't really top some of what you said, so... Well, I mean... Or, I guess, rephrase it, I guess. Well, that just leads us to uh, trying to decide... Match of the night. So when it comes to WWE Payback, I don't know about Match of the Night because there were some pretty good matches. You had the Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus match. You had the Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez match. You had the tag title match. Uh, Seth Rollins match. Seth Rollins match. Uh, You had pretty much four good matches right there for as far as payback goes but we need to pick one of them um then we need to pick one for AEW. which i think you uh, we can do the AEW one first because i think it's a unanimous one the one for AEW i think is going to have to be the john moxley orange cassidy match because orange cassidy put his heart left his heart out on that mat may not have seen all the match but uh, out of all of them, I think that's definitely one uh, where even with the technical difficulties, we would want to see that one the most. Okay, so... Um, 
we agreed with Orange Cassidy and John Moxley for AEW's All Out. But for Payback, we go back to this. We got four matches we got to choose from here. All four of them had nonstop action, had us on the edge of our seat, had us really kind of second guessing what which ones we decided to pick and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true. Because at one point I was thinking Shinsuke was going to take this one and uh, take away and get the win. But then Shinsuke loses. Uh, I was thinking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to, you know, squash this with the Judgment Day. And then the Judgment Day was going to fall apart. But it looks like the Judgment Day is won and has strengthened at the same time. Yeah. So that's Um, if that's if there's no more problems later on that leads to them getting maybe Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn want a rematch. More and likely. At that point, maybe the Judgment Day will have weakened some. Oh, and if we forgot. Still, what? Oh, go go ahead. Go ahead. If they're still firing on all cylinders like they were tonight. Right. Or a few nights ago. Yeah, a few nights ago. Let, but let's not forget, there's also the, you know, the elephant in the room. The obvious, uh, the other obvious thing. The Grayson Waller effect episode. Oh, yeah. we I almost forgot about that. We, we so looked that over. Cody Rhodes goes come asks to be upon come upon the Grayson Waller effect to make a major announcement, and he was making the announcement of uh, a new addition to the WWE Monday Night Raw roster, and we were like, "Who who is it going to be?" And then we're thinking it's someone from AEW. Well, I was thinking it was someone from AEW. Uh, I I, I, I was just wondering who it was for a brief second. I was thinking he was announcing that Dusty Rhodes was coming, or Dustin Rhodes, you know, Gold Dust, you know. Yeah. I was thinking he was coming back to WWE, and they were going to, you know, form a faction, and, you know, because they had a faction in AEW called the Nightmare Family. And I was thinking, okay, he's going to bring the faction over and probably take on Judgment Day with the Nightmare Family, you know. But no, turns out he had said he had played a few of his, you know, political chips with the higher ups of WWE and got Jay Uso to come back to WWE, but not only to WWE, but to Monday Night Raw. Jay Uso didn't say much of anything, didn't say much of anything at all, uh, just super kicked Grayson Waller in the face. Which was funny. <laughs> Which was, I think, symbolic enough. Um, you, and not just that, but it was also kind of like a payoff of the foreshadowing we got. Uh, like you had uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Grayson Waller talking about how how all these interviews end up going, and yeah, the, how all the TikTok, uh, the TikTok, how these talk shows in the past, Piper's Pit, Heartbreak Hotel, um, what else was there? Uh, Edge Edge had a show, Miz TV, uh, the Barbershop, the Snake Pit, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. All these little talk shows that these wrestlers have done, and it's all ended usually the same. They'll in, the person that's running the show will insult, insult their guest. It'll turn out into a fight, and it'll turn out to end up being a match. Cody Rhodes wasn't all about that. He was all about delivering uh, this news, and he delivered it, but... 
he also him and Jey Uso kind of had like this look between one another like you know okay you're now at raw so what's gonna happen now what's gonna happen now are we gonna be having a match against one another are we gonna end up teaming up uh personally i thought this was a way for cody to kind of give a little jab to roman reigns in saying you know you had every power you could to bring your cousin back to wwe i got your cousin back into wwe but he's on my show not yours yeah so i don't know i don't know i mean there's a lot of possibilities because you know Sami Zayn and jay uso have a history together if jay were to team up with kevin and sammy and they get a crazy female to join them they could get their titles back from the judgment day they could have a little faction battle with the judgment day because i mean if you think about it they want their titles back and then and you have all these women against rio ripley exactly like at least two or three yeah uh count you know natalia Liv morgan rio ripley not rio ripley or raquel rodriguez i know yeah. what you meant i know what you meant uh so that's at least three right there that have some against ripley so we're gonna have to see how that goes i don't know though because rio ripley really put on a good wrestling match she did that payback. I mean, as what we've seen before, prior, it was just her showing her dominance, showing her power. This this match showed not only her dominance and her and her power, but also, you know, her ring prowess. Yeah. You know, her skills as a wrestler. It showed in this match. The same with Raquel. I'm not taking anything away from Raquel. She did a lot in this match too. I mean, she was facing with a with a with a bum knee a little bit because she kind of re-injured it. It looked like a little bit, yeah. and Rhea saw that and was like, "It was like blood, blood in water for a shark," you know. Um, but imagine like a three on one or even a two on one with that. I'll be honest. When it comes to matches for titles, it's got a one on one. I'm, I'm kind of turned off with the multiple participants i'm yeah i'm more old-fashioned to the one-on-one it makes more sense uh um, hey gunster likes it too so <laughs> yeah gun yeah um which by the way if you tune in, stay tuned to raw because gunther's going to be taking on chad gable for the intercontinental title that's going to be happening kind of surprised they didn't put that on the pay-per-view uh, I'm, I'm surprised too but i mean Who's to say what's going to happen? And then, um, so we, we've got a lot to prepare for for upcoming on Raw. It's the whole oh, the whole week, really, the fall. The fallout. Excuse me, the fallout from from payback, you know. Really looking forward to seeing what happens here, and especially what happened with the what is going to happen with the new acquisition of Jay Uso to the Monday Night Raw roster. Who's his first opponent going to be? Uh on raw by himself because he's going to be by himself now same with jimmy jimmy's by himself and jay's by himself now the bloodline have officially split so who's jay going to take on you know who's who or who's wanting to try to pick a fight with jay uso at this point you know and because it can't be grayson waller because grayson waller's on smackdown and then there's the whole thing of what if the usos manage to somehow get back on track together that will probably be later on down the road. Far down the road. I mean, it happened with the Hardys. 
They went their separate ways at one point. They did face each other at WrestleMania 25, I believe. And and then they went their separate ways. And then they reunited again uh, at Wrestle, uh, at a... I can't remember which number, but it was out of WrestleMania. And they ended up winning the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, and if that's the case, and Judgment Day still around with the titles, then I mean, imagine that. We have a reuniting bloodline against the Judgment Day, possibly. Or maybe just the Usos. I don't know. Because by then, the bloodline should have completely crumbled. I don't know. Judgment Day really showed their numbers today. They really show that they are unified now. They're no long, there is no dissension whatsoever. They've got the well, tag. We, well, we still have to worry about uh, J.D. McDonough with how that's going on with the rest of them. And the money in the bank contract. How's that going to go? You know. But we'll wait and see. we got to wait and see for the fallout. Plus, AEW's fallout from All Out. <laughs> I know. That was a funny play on words. But, I mean... We got to see what happens. What's next for Orange Cassidy? Who is going to try to take on uh, John Moxley for his t- new title now? Uh, who's going to be the next contender for Soraya? You know, so many, so many questions and not enough answers. Tony. Yeah, he's still mad about. Oh, that. I'm going to be mad about that. Yeah. Not getting full disclosure. If you listen to the previous episode, you all know what I'm talking about. And I've already ranted and raving enough about that. We don't have enough time to go over that all over again. So, with that, we're going to go ahead and tap out. All right. Well, another full week of wrestling in the books. Really kind of looking forward to next week, see what happens there. Uh, We'll keep you guys in the loop on what's going on. Be sure to check us out on TikTok. We'll give you guys any updates or follow along with our story on what's going on with our show. Chris, what's the email that they can get a hold of us by? Crosspromopod at gmail.com. All right. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook find us on tiktok as well we're going to be putting up quite a few videos we're still working on uh, content for our youtube channel and we are planning on getting a patreon page out there as soon as we get some merch together and we get enough listeners too as well so hey spread the word about our show to your friends that are wrestling fans say hey these guys are the real deal these guys are real fans as far as the cross promo podcast goes i'm kevin and i'm chris we We gone. gone i mean honestly is it that hard to ask Just give us the truth. Just give us full disclosure. But no, we're not going to get that from good old Tony Icon.